Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. This is take two for us today. I'm just going to... It is not! I'm just going to break the... No, break the, no, break the fourth no. No, no. I'm breaking the fourth wall because earlier I called you in our intro that no one will ever hear. I called you. So you're angry. Gonna do it now anyway. No, no, no. I called. No, I called you angry, Lynn, because you were looking a little grumpy, and now you're in a completely. I wasn't grumpy. Mood. I was. I, I was. I was frustrated because you were frozen. That's the reason why we've got take two. Not that everybody has to know about it, but go ahead, just, Trey just, Downey. Just, just, just letting the listeners in. Len introduced me. I'm the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I'm Trey Downey, and you've already heard his voice. That is the one, the only, Len Martez. The happy Friday evening, Len Martez. Actually, you know what? What's, what's weird is that as happy as I am, <laughs> I was upset on Sunday watching a certain team from Tampa Bay play. And the Rays aren't playing right now. And the Lightning didn't play on Sunday. And it wasn't the Rowdies. So who's left? The Buccaneers. The reigning defending champions who I brag about so much. Mm-hmm. And they came out there on Sunday at Washington against the WFTs. And, and put up a WTF exactly. performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a stinker, man. It's probably the worst game they've played since Tom's been here. And I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't think it's prisoner of the moment. I don't, none of those. Bears things. game last year was. Wasn't this bad, bad dude. They were, yeah. in that, they, they were in that game at the end. That was the whole missing the number of downs yes yeah. the whole the whole meme and uh the gif with tom putting up the four fingers which now ironically is something that you know is used in a positive way after yeah. that game but even in that game they didn't allow a team to go 19 plays 10 minutes to steal the game and even in that game they weren't playing a team that was struggling to score points and had like three touchdowns in their last three games combined and they scored three touchdowns on sunday so i don't know we'd have to look at the stats the bears offense no 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 no, 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 no. it was bad but it wasn't it wasn't no it wasn't it wasn't a washington football team bad it was nick Foles' team by then no they weren't that bad no and they were bad they were bad but they weren't that bad and the bears were a playoff team last year the washington football team's was two and six going into that game now three and six who knows with how the nfc is going right now i mean don't say it they put themselves back in contention stop Stop. they're in contention when you when you see the when you see the box on the sunday when we're watching games because the bucks play on monday night and you see in the in the networks put up just because just because you are not mathematically eliminated does not mean you have a shot at the playoffs just because you're not mathematically eliminated, I don't care what I don't care what sport it is. Okay, you watch teams in like August in Major League Baseball. Oh, they're not eliminated yet. Yes, they are. They stink, and they're not going to win enough games to well, make the playoffs. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about it later later in the later not if you start show. the conversation like this. We won't. We'll, we'll talk about it later <laughs> in the show when we once again talk about how crappy the bottom half of the NFC is in terms of the playoff picture. And I'm going to have to, and I'm going to have to eat a little bit of, eat a little bit of crow because one of the teams that I thought could play themselves in to that playoff picture lost on Thursday night football to a team that I thought wouldn't be close to the playoffs whatsoever. <laughs> and now is firmly in playoff contention. So that's coming later, by the maybe way, we, maybe we will talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about it. You can follow that laughing man on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Uh, for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, check out BucksNation.com. And wherever you're listening to this, click, if you're on Apple, click that plus button or click the subscribe button on Spotify or iHeart. It helps us out. More people find the podcast and it helps you out because you'll get a notification whenever the newest episode is up, whether that be Downey and Martez or 
Monday morning extra point with Lynn Martez and former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy, both on the Bucks Nation feed. So, Lynn, let's recap what happened last week. The Bucks face their third loss of the season, and it was a bad loss. I talked about after the Saints loss on Halloween against Trevor Simeon that that could be one that we look back at in January as one that kept the Bucks from getting a first round bye, that possibly kept the Bucks from winning the division. Now that doesn't look as much in danger with how the Saints have played recently. That or that could be even more importantly, one that affects the Bucks seeding to a point where they're not playing one of the two bottom wildcard teams, because both of the bottom two wildcard teams in the NFC right now, they're probably not going to be very good football teams. But the first wildcard team in the NFC is going to be the Rams or the Cardinals, who does, whoever doesn't win the NFC West. And if the Bucs are the fourth best division winner, that's who they're going to play in the first round of the playoffs. And that is the matchup that you absolutely don't want. And this loss, considering how tight the top of the NFC still is, even with the struggles that every single one of those teams at the top of the NFC has had over the past few weeks. This loss hurts the Bucs in a big way. They could have put themselves back in the driver's seat, even for that first round bye if they won on Sunday, and they didn't do that. You mentioned that 19-play drive that took up the majority of the, of the fourth quarter. That was bad. Making Tyler, Taylor Heineke look like a Hall of Famer, once again, was bad. But to me, what I'll mention, what is the most worrisome part of the game to me was the performance of Tom Brady. And Tom Brady did not play well against New Orleans. This is his second straight game with multiple turnovers. It was coming off of a bye. And we see it in sports all the time. The greats, sometimes they get old overnight and they just cross over that hill and they're not the same. Now, do I think that Tom Brady is there? No, I don't. But when you're at this stage in your career, when you're 40 plus and these things and you have these bad games, it, to me, it's more, it's less likely for you to bounce back than when you were in your thirties. Now, Tom Brady, everybody, uh, even before he came to the bucks, everybody already put the, put the stamp on him. He's done after that pick six and that horrible playoff game against the Tennessee Titans uh, a couple of years ago. And he came back, had a phenomenal season last year. And so far this year, before those games, those two games, he's the favorite for the MVP. He's playing nominally well. But we're going to need to see a bounce back in a very big way from Tom Brady because when you're dealing with players at his age and you have back-to-back performances like that, it does get really worrisome for me. Maybe so, but... Look, if you're looking for the dramatic fall off the cliff, I don't think you're there yet. And what's more alarming to me, what's what's really put up the kind of the confused look on my face watching the game on Sunday was, again, how the Washington football team offensively was able to move the football, not just, to, just in the fourth quarter. They scored in every quarter. Again, this is a team that struggled to score points their previous three games they went they've gone four games this year where they've had a touchdown or less in the game and they scored three touchdowns on Sunday against the best team in football the last year and a half and that, that's not that's not that's not an exaggeration the Bucks have been the best team in football the last year and a half and mm-hmm. we're talking about the Washington football team that had 23 first downs that won 11 to 19 on third down. I mean, you plus 50% on third down. That's okay for most teams. That is a parade in DC. 11 for 19 on third down. No, sir. And then on top of that, they won a time possession 30, pretty much doubled what the Bucks had time possession, 39 to 20. And I'm cool with losing the time possession. If you do one thing, if that team that has 20 minutes of football has big plays. The Bucs didn't have big plays. They had one big play, Brady to Evans. Other than that, that was it. You can't, you cannot allow teams 
to stay on the football field as long as, as the Washington football team offense did. You can't allow them to stay on the, on the field that long. And you can't lose a time possession and not have big plays. You just can't. You want to have short drives. You want to have quick drives. You want to, you want to have explosive plays. Great. That's fine. But they didn't have that. The time possession was low because your Hall of Fame, arguably greatest quarterback ever to play the game, had two picks in his first six passes on Sunday. That's why they lost the time possession. Not to mention, as I mentioned earlier, that the fact that the Redskins, ah, the Washington football team, had the ball for. And we did it once last week. Um, relax. Don't don't bring up bad stuff. I mean, you set it up. You we said it last week that we were gonna have to start a counter, and then you only did it that one time. So that's more of a compliment. Bravo, bravo. Don't give me the golf clap. The Washington football team had the football for two thirds of the the fourth quarter. I mean, that's not supposed to happen, dude. Just not supposed to happen. So and it was one drive. Yeah. So as as much as you know, you you talk about Tom and you know being a little bit like. Leary of, of uh, is this it? Is this, you know, is this the, the fall of the cliff? And no, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Not to mention the fact that how, how well he's played. And I know at some point it's going to come, but as well as he's played at home, this is another thing too. Yep. You had the Rams game, road game. And, and listen, that game was like, that was a measuring stick for the Rams, more so for the Rams than it was for the Buccaneers. And then they had the Saints game, and, and granted, they did it with Simeon in, in the, the second, third, and fourth quarter, but that's a team that, some for some reason, inside your own division, has had the Bucks number, no matter who's been their quarterback for the Bucks the last couple of years, whether it was Jameis, who's now uh, in New Orleans, or whether it was Tom last year, two or three times, the Saints beat the Bucks. But this would, I mean, this loss, this loss, Again, those other two on the road, you could stomach those losses no matter what happened in those games. You can talk about the Saints and the Raps and all, and this and that, and all the refs are against us. Da, 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 da. All I mean, this is a road loss, too. What's that? This is a road loss, too. Come on, man. It's a road loss that, against the, the Washington football team that <laughs> can fill that stage, the stadium up. Stop. It's not a road is, loss. Is, you go to New Orleans, that place is packed. Who that? Crazy. Go to L.A. and, and granted, the Chargers may not have, have a home field advantage, but the Rams yeah. do. Is this loss easier to, sw- easier to swallow if they wouldn't have looked as bad as they did against another backup quarterback in Trevor Simeon no. just two weeks prior? No. No. No, because no. Okay. I mean, everything I'm bringing up, everything I'm, I'm discussing, has nothing to do with the previous games. Has to do no, what I, happened. Has to do what happened on Sunday. Has to, no, do, I, has to do with the actual game, the 60 minutes on Sunday. I'm with you, but m- my thing is like, you're not going to play your best football every Sunday in the NFL. And to me, you like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get alarmed by one super alarmed by one bad loss. These are back-to-back bad losses, and the second one was worse than the than the prior one. That's fine. So, but that, that's that's fine. But here's the thing: while you on your bye week, that Sunday you on your bye week, you watch the Jags beat the Bills, the Giants beat the Raiders. Again, you had four teams, four teams that were either in first place or tied for first place that lost to teams that were under 500. Following Sunday, you were one of those four teams to do it again. That, to me, is bigger than the back-to-back and losing, losing to Tyler Haneke, Taylor Haneke, and Trevor Simeon, and whomever else. That's not, that's not the thing. The thing is how you perform those 60 minutes after coming off a bye, after watching teams that you're battling for home field advantage and a bye for, go out there and lose two teams. That was a, basically the heads up. Hey, by the way, on any given Sunday, this could happen, and it could be you. And you know what? It was them. 
last Sunday, and it shouldn't have been. Not to mention the fact that, listen, it's one thing if they went out there and Heineke plays out of his mind, and there were there were plays that you know you kind of think like, oh, that's not going to happen every Sunday. It's not. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. It they wasn't a must be. It wasn't a matter of. It wasn't a matter of where, you know, the the Washington football team pulled a rabbit out of the hat. They dominated the game for sixty mm-hmm. minutes. That matters more than the back to back. The the performance on Sunday is what matters more than anything else. What's up with the lack of targets to Mike Evans, especially in a situation where you have Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski out? To me, just watching the game with you know, with the with the naked eye, you're thinking, oh, maybe Jack Del Rio brings up some kind of game plan to take Mike Evans away. The big plays, as you mentioned, in the game went to Mike. And then hearing analysts this week who watched the tape, they they were like, Mike Evans was open. Brady just didn't throw him the ball. And I said multiple times last year that the Bucks' offense was at their best, even when fully healthy, even when you have a full, you know, full buffet of weapons. You have a healthy Rob Gronkowski. You have a healthy Antonio Brown. Mike needs to get his targets. And he did not get them on Sunday. And that's a little weird to me, especially in a situation where Godwin is banged up and you have the injury situation that you do with Brown and uh, Gronkowski not playing in the times you went to him, it worked. So that I don't understand. We went through, we went through lulls last year where Brady wasn't really targeting Mike and they can't afford to do that again. In my opinion, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know. Targets on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I don't know that if that's the, the reason why the offense struggled the way they did on Sunday and I just think they were out of sync, man. They just, they just looked, they just looked like, again, like it was a preseason game. One team played like it was an NFL regular season game, that being the Washington football team. And the other team played like it was like the, the third preseason game where you're like dress rehearsal for the regular season where they, although they played four quarters, well, I mean, Three and a half because they didn't get out of the, the offense didn't get out of the field in the fourth quarter, but it was almost like I, like I said it was like a, a dress rehearsal preseason game for the Bucks. That's how they treated it. There was no rhythm to the offense. I, I already talked about Tom throwing two picks in the first quarter and his first six passes of the game, and, and you talked about the, the the targets in regards to Mike's concern or lack thereof. Um, I will say he looked to Chris a whole lot more than than usual but I mean maybe there was I know analysts you know wanted to dissect and, and they're looking for reasons to to you know to to, to poke holes on, on why the Bucks played as badly as they did and lost 29-19 against the Washington football team but I mean I don't I don't think that's that's the most glaring thing to come out of how the offense performed on Sunday uh I just think they were, like I said, they were out of sync. They were dumb penalties again. Yeah. Just, you know, illegal motion, illegal motion, and then it's false starts. And it's like, because like I said, it was, it was almost like it was a preseason game. Like, how, how do you, like, now are you going to do this? Like, you're 10 games in or nine games in. And this is the stuff that you're going to come up with after a bye week. I mean, that, that it just looked bad. It looked bad. That uh, accountability board at the Advent Health uh, Training Center. It ain't a board. Uh, it, ain't a, it ain't a board. That thing is. That, that thing is like. <laughs> it's a bill. It's a billboard. Billboard. Ain't, the yeah, accountability not, billboard. There ain't no chalkboard, brother. It's a billboard. Anything else particularly stick out? I mean, obviously, last week's Sunday, I thought that we were going to be talking about a huge loss of Vita Vea. That injury is not as severe as it looked like it was going to be when he was carted off the football field in the fourth quarter obviously the Bucks are going to be conservative with Vita Vea moving forward but it's not a season-ending injury type deal uh 
anything else particularly stick out to you? I mean, Richard Sherman goes down in pregame warmups and just another tough injury to the secondary. I mean, we'll get into some of the guys that uh, might be coming back soon here as far as the secondary goes, but I think we've covered the bases as far as mostly how the game go- went. Yeah, but you brought up you you, you brought up uh, a very telling part of the defense that hasn't been good lately to begin with, and then you lose a big bigger piece to it, and that's the pass rush. And you, know, you can talk about Shaq Barrett, and, and Shaq's even discussed the fact that he's not he's not totally proud of of uh, his performance so far this year recently, and. JPP's yeah. playing hurt. I think. Well, listen. Let me tell you. JPP has been playing hurt since since he took a locker inside the Advent Health Training Center. He's he he plays. He's been playing hurt for the last two or three years. And this isn't a knock on him because I mean they talk about Bruce talks about giving players vet days. He gives JPP vet weeks because there are weeks there are consecutive days that he doesn't practice. He may not practice on Wednesday or Thursday or and or both days, but he plays on Sundays. But at some point, you know, 12, 11 years in the league, 12 years in the league, it's going to take a toll on you. And as, as superhuman as he's been, his, his career in New York and also the time that he spent here, it's catching up to him. And you could see it. And, and, you know, he transformed himself to be a a guy that I didn't think he was going to be able to to be successful in, in Tampa Bay when he came here and had to adjust to Todd Bowles' defense and dropping coverage and and he's do, he's doing that and done that, been successful in doing it. You know, he's had interceptions, so kudos to him. But unfortunately, whether it's him, whether it's Shaq Barrett, I mean, ironically. And Dominican Sue's probably been the most impressive when it comes to getting to the quarterback recently. Most recently, I would say that. Most re- Shaq's had some very good games, but uh, yeah, against against the lesser opponents, he's feasted on some bad. He's feasted on some bad teams, dude. Like he's feasted on the Chicago Bears yep. in those games, and it's and it's like and, and at that standpoint, you know what it is, Trey. It's we're down by twenty. We gotta throw. Hang your D-line. ears back and just go. Yeah, man. And that's not, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's great. But we also need you when the game's on the line and a team's putting together a 10-minute drive, make a play on third down. That's another thing, too. It's like you look on, you look on that football field and you can discuss the, the issues with the secondary, but there's still the beast that they are, the linebacker. And there was, there are still the beasts that they are, and in the front four, front three, or, or no matter how many down linemen they set up, make a play, man. Somebody, I mean, you can't be as prideful as they are and do the antics that they are, do when they get a turnover and, and run into the end zone. No matter where they are, Trey Downey, they do it in New Orleans, they do it in Washington, they do it in LA. They get a turnover. Everybody's going to the end zone. Yep. Man, you do all that stuff. You better make a play. Somebody make a play on third down to end the drive that sealed the game. So moving on a little bit, something that's going to impact the team moving forward. I don't know how much you want to get into the Antonio Brown story that broke this week, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. That one, I think we're kind of in a wait and see mode as far as how that's going to play out with the accusations of him uh, purchasing a fake vaccine card and that he's not actually vaccinated. The Bucks have come out and said that he is vaccinated. Uh, I am no, I am not here whatsoever. I will never bash Rick Stroud's reporting and the evidence in that article was pretty damning. And then you have, you know, uh, Brown's attorney uh, telling Jenna Lane that because boosters are in that Antonio Brown is willing to take his booster shot live on live on camera. This one to me, 
because the NFL has said that they are going to look into it a little bit more. This one to me is almost just a wait and see kind of thing. It's a, another as the world turns. And for the most part in Antonio Brown's tenure, we haven't had that in Tampa Bay, but now we have one of those stories. Okay, let's back up a second because did the Bucks actually say that they know Brown has been vaccinated or did they say that everything is up to, up to where they needs to be when I want to read the statement just to make sure his, there's no actual naming of a player in that statement. What it is, is telling you that from what we know, from what we know, everything is by protocol and, and is supposed to be up to league standard and is going the way things are supposed to go. Not necessarily naming a player. Now, again, that could mean anything. Like I could show up, <laughs> I could show up to, to court with the, with the driver's license. It doesn't necessarily mean the driver's license is mine. <laughs> so, so here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the statement from the Buccaneers. After an extensive educational process conducted mm -hmm. throughout our organization this past offseason, highlighting the benefits of the COVID-19 vaccines, we received completed vaccination cards from all Tampa Bay Buccaneers players and submitted the requi required information to the NFL through the established process in accordance with league policy. All vaccination cards were reviewed by Buccaneers personnel and no irregularities were observed. Yeah. Yes, they do not mention Antonio Brown by name, but they they say they received. Uh, so, so I, I will go. I will retract my statement. The Bucks did not say did not come out and say Antonio yeah. Brown is vaccinated. But His attorney did, but the Bucks did not. I just read you the Bucks statement, so just gonna back myself up real quick. Ted Bundy had an attorney, dude. Okay, everybody's got an attorney that's gonna back them. Okay, he's gonna defend them. You know, so uh, I mean, I. I attorneys coming yeah. to you live on a triller pay-per-view antonio brown takes his booster shot attorneys are attorneys god bless them i salute make your money how you make your money but i mean come on dude they're, they're supposed to be you know one thousand percent behind their clients no matter what the client's done that's I'll number one that. number two is hold on number two is the fact that okay when it comes to this situation, you can say where there's smoke, there's fire, but like literally you don't have different type of smoke, but when you use where there's smoke, there's fire, there's different type of smoke. Like for instance, this person, his former chef, is supposedly the one that says Antonio is using a fake a fake card when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccination. It's not even supposedly that he was named as the, the source in that article. Okay, that's that, how they got the that, text message. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever. I use supposedly because uh, Bucks Nation is Bucks Nation is nationwide. So and I would hate to I would hate to bring any any problems to SB Nation and Vox Media. So I will use the right words. Allegedly, Allegedly. supposedly. <laughs> so supposedly Yes, that's the chef, former chef, who's got a gripe. This is how some of this stuff comes out. They have a gripe. Now, whether or not, whether or not it is legit when it comes to having a fake uh, vaccine card, we don't know yet. But again, where there's smoke, there's fire. And still, what will happen? What will happen moving forward? is there'll be some scratching and uncovering going on. And if it, if it ends up being true, oh, he's done in Tampa Bay. He is D-U-N-N -N done in Tampa Bay. A lot of people were comparing this to the Aaron Rodgers situation. To me, it's very different for a simple reason. Aaron Rodgers misled the misled the media but according to him and according to everything that happened in the NFL investigation the team and his teammates knew he was not vaccinated if this is the case if what 
was accused of Antonio Brown is it turns out to be true. He intentionally misled the team, misled the players, and misled the league. That is a very different situation, and he did not follow the protocols for an unvaccinated player, whether that was just with the media or in the locker room, on the road trips, whatever. So it's a different situation for those reasons. And you and I went back and forth. We shared our thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation. This is different for that simple fact that if this turns out to be true, Antonio Brown intentionally misled the Bucs organization, his teammates, and the league, whereas the league and the Packers knew that Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated. The media just did not. And you know what? All that is true. But beyond that, this is what matters to me more than anything. And you can be pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, whatever. You know who's pro-vaccine? Bruce Arians. You know who's been, who's been bragging? And, 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 I, and I, I, I was I, there I, I at mandatory minicamp when he was talking about it. He's been bragging about his team slowly but surely going from 85% yep. to 90% to being at 100% vaccinated his whole roster. Been bragging about it. And with that, he was under the impression that his wide receiver, number 81, was one of those guys who was vaccinated. That, we can talk about all the league protocol and how the how if a player does this, misleads the league. More importantly to me, more than anything else, is how he misled his coach and the players around him. That's the most important thing. And that's why I say he is done in Tampa Bay if what is alleged is true. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a little history. Back in 2007, certain friend of yours was in Blacksburg, Virginia. And that's when the whole Michael Vick dogfighter thing came out. Mm-hmm. And I was in Blacksburg and I was talking about the Hokies and I was talking about Michael Vick and Frank Beamer's relationship. And Frank asked Michael about being involved in the dogfighting. And he lied to Frank. He lied to his head coach in college. He lied to, to Frank Beamer about being involved. It's not true, coach. It's not true, not true. And sure enough, it came out that it was actually true. That more than anything else, that more than anything else. He can lie to Roger Goodell. Everybody lies to Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell probably gets lied to on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, commission. Yeah, no problem. But when you lie to someone who you supposedly have the relationship as a head coach and player, someone who you call a father figure, that matters. And I'm not saying Antonio calls Bruce a father figure. But we know but what Bruce thought of Antonio before he came here. Not so that only that. not the rosiest of relationships to begin with. But, but, but not only that, it's the fact that he got a second chance to resurrect his career here and win a Super Bowl and be a large part of the team's success in the last year and a half. Again, if this comes out to be true and the smoke is actually fire, he is done in Tampa Bay. So, Lynn, let's move forward to Monday Night Football against the New York Giants, and let's take a focus on the injury report, the injury front for both teams, because I think that it is – uh both teams have have a lot of guys on the injury report but i think it's almost a case of rob gronkowski might play the bucks might get gronk back this week but the bucks are not getting uh everybody back they're not gonna have a a full slate of guys going to play but then you've got Nacho, Raheem Nunez Rochez was limited in practice today. Probably expect him to go, but it's never good to see a guy who would take the place of an injured player also on the injury report. Now on the Giants front, you've got guys like Kenny Galladay, like Saquon Barkley, like Kadarius Toney, like Sterling Shepard, who have been out. And there's a possibility that they're getting some of these guys back, most importantly, Saquon Barkley, who is questionable right now, 
but reports are that he is going to suit up against the Buccaneers on Monday night. So obviously getting Saquon back is huge for the Giants. I think that would be even bigger than the Bucs getting uh, Gronk back uh, on Monday night football. Yeah, I, I, it depends on on how you want to look at things because for me, you're talking about, you're talking about a team that has lost two in a row and, and is, is trying to stay atop the NFC South and is clearly not the same team without those two weapons, at least the last couple of weeks when it comes to Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. And on the flip side, you want to talk about a Giants team that they can't run the ball anyway, dude. Doesn't matter what Saquon's Barkley's back there or not. They struggle to run the football because the offensive line is not very good. Now, whether or not they're able to do it on, on Monday against the Bucks team that allowed Antonio Gibson to have two touchdowns and allowed, again, the Washington football team to do what they did in D.C. on Sunday. That's a whole nother subject. But, again, the bigger deal is, is that the, the Bucks are getting healthy – and yeah, the Giants may be getting healthy too, but getting your offensive weapons uh, when it comes getting back offensive weapons back when it comes to Galladay and Shepard and even Saquon, that's cool and everything. But you're talking about an offense that's not very good to begin with. It doesn't matter with those guys. I mean, those we guys said the play, same thing about those Washington. guys play. Listen, those guys play. Will they be an issue for the Bucks secondary, Galladay and Shepard? If those guys play, absolutely, absolutely, yes. I'll give you that much. But we're still talking about the New York Giants who are three and six and who were three who, who were a bad football team when they were healthy. That's the thing. That's the difference. Most Gronk, wild card contention. Oh, go, go away. Go away. Gronk healthy makes mm-hmm. Gronk healthy makes the Bucks potentially the best offense in football. Saquon healthy makes the Giants makes the Giants an average offense because again they can't run the football they can't. And what's Sean weird? Murray. What's weird? And and this is this is one game and it was against the Raiders and, and we can talk about the whole uh, West Coast East Coast and one o'clock game and all that stuff. But what's weird is there were moments in the Giants Giants Raiders game where. Penny and Booker, the running backs who have been filling in for Saquon, mm-hmm. looked good going north, south. That's it. None of this jiving in the backfield, number 26, multiple moves in the backfield before you hit the first hole. None of it. They were going straight ahead. And all of a sudden you look up and it's like a five-yard game, seven-yard game, eight-yard game, hitting holes. So you want to talk to me about, oh, Saquon potentially could be coming back? Saquon's had one game this year against the Saints. And he, but in that game, he gave you the whole, he gave you the whole skill set. He gave you lined up as a wide receiver against a safety or a linebacker and catching a 50-yard touchdown pass. Lined up as a wide receiver, like Le'Veon Bell all of a sudden, 2.0. Two and then he scored the, the overtime winning touchdown he gave you the full package but it's been one time in nine games that's the issue when it comes to Saquon like I said you can talk about him coming back but Gronk coming back adds to an offense that potentially could be the best in the NFL Saquon comes back and he adds to an offense that I mean really hasn't missed him a whole lot the biggest the biggest possible return in this game is Sean Murphy bunting Hasn't played since that week one horrible injury against the Dallas Cowboys. And he has not been activated off of injured reserve yet. But based on both Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians comments, and the fact that he has been participating with the team this week, it looks like Scotty Miller is going to be back. But it is definitely, especially considering Richard Sherman went on injured reserve, B. Delaney is still recovering, and the Bucs did not add another cornerback this league this week. Sean Murphy Bunting looks like he's going to suit up on Monday night. And that is huge for the Buccaneers, bigger than the Giants getting any of those four offensive weapons back that I mentioned. True. 
it's a big deal, but let's let's keep it in perspective because he's still the number two corner on his football team. So there's only so much that's going to change because what's going to happen is, and and granted, Jamel Dean has been like a pinata when it comes to the last yeah. probably month or so because he's had to fill in not just for the number two guy, but the number one guy goes down. So you look up and it's like Jamel Dean's playing against the number one receiver. Uh-oh. And again, it's not a knock on Jamel Dean, but he's not a number one corner. And he's his, not a, he's You look not at Jamel Dean's stats corner. and his analytics this year, he's actually performed better than what you might think. That, and, and granted, he got off to a rough start when it first started, when he was first pushed into action, and he's gotten better over, over the last couple of weeks. But it's still a matter of, it's still a matter of, okay, he's the number three corner going up against number one. You mentioned his numbers getting better. You know why his numbers are getting better? Because they have to go further and further in the depth chart. And it's like, you know what? Jamel Dean's really not that bad. Let's go check on Delaney. Let's yeah. go check on Cockrell. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why. Because when because whether it's whether it's Heineke or whether it's Trevor Simeon, they're like Jamel D can play a little bit. Let's go over and check on Cockrell. Let's see if he can cover anybody. 43. Can you cover anyone? Nope. Well, what's going to be interesting to me is how they use Murphy bunting, obviously coming off of an injury. So I want to see, first of all, how many snaps he plays and where they use him. Because you can say that Jamel Dean is the number three corner on this team, but he was still pri- uh, playing primarily outside, even when Murphy bunting is healthy. Murphy bunting is the slot corner on this team. And in today's NFL, that is a starting position. The slot corner, the Nick the nickelback that Rondé Barber revolutionized is, but with how many injuries that the Bucks have, and you have your number one corner, Carlton Davis, who was running some during practices this week and portions that were open to the media. So that's a promising sign that we could possibly see Carlton Davis back uh, sometime here in the near future, but he's not back yet. And you don't have Sherman and who knows what's going on with Delaney and to be honest, if you're going to play, if you have to have Cockrell out there, he's probably better in the slot than he is on the outside. So do we see more of Sean Murphy bunting on the outside this week? It's going to be you very see a lot more zone. That's what you're going to see. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah <laughs> That's what you're yeah. going to see. Zone. Say it yeah. with me. Zone. Z-O-N-E. I can say it. I can spell it. When you start to, when you start scraping away and dissecting all those problems you just mentioned, Trey Downey, you know what to do? You play zone. Yes. <laughs> so to I don't I don't even fully want to make a prediction on this game because we both look like idiots after that podcast against the Washington football team. I ain't scared. But I I'll say that I you asked me two weeks ago, if the Bucks lose on Monday night, I'll I'll be less surprised than I was against Washington, but I still don't expect them to. I think that they win pretty comfortably. I said I thought they would bounce back in a big way coming off of bye week after that loss to the Saints. They absolutely didn't do that. But until this Tom Brady thing becomes more more than two games, I I just I, I still can't bet against Brady against a bad football team, even though oh. the Giants played the Bucks very well last year when they the played. Bad football team that is that is what supposedly still a bad foot- contention. Uh, what is right? Are did the are the Panthers at four and five? Is that the third wild card team right now? Okay. And so the the Giants co- go into Monday night one game out of the wild card. Come on, man. That, that, that that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is you have to be good enough to win more enough games to get in there. Being being one game out of that wild card means nothing when you still got seven eight games to play. Because you know what they're gonna do? They're probably gonna lose, lose probably about four or five of those six or seven games, seven or eight games that they still, still have to play. So now you're talking about ten losses. Carolina's five and five. Okay, so they're a game and a half out. Oh no, but the but the but the Washington football team and and the Giants still have a shot. Stop. I I mean, if you're talking about 
I think you still have to consider let let's move let's move on to it. Let's talk about that NFC play. No, pick. let's go back to let's go back to hold on a second before you, you go back. Okay. Before you jump into the playoff picture. Okay. Um you, you, you keep talking about Tom. Let me remind you, Tom uh has four touchdowns in each of his last five home games. They haven't been at home in the last in those last two losses. I said I'm not betting against him. Yeah, th- that's fine. It, yeah, yeah, but you're 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 hedging. You're hedging your bets. You are. You're hedging because you, you a little while ago you got him falling off the cliff. No, I said that it's starting to become. It, mm-hmm. I said that, but I said I don't think that Tom Brady's at that point. Listen to all of my words, Lynn. Don't do selective listening here. I know you don't. I know you don't pull that crap with the wife because she will have you on the couch with that tone. <laughs> yeah, look around. I got a recliner in the man cave. <laughs> okay, yeah, get cute if you want to. That man cave get mighty cold up there, <laughs> up there in Charlotte. Anyway, Tom, eighteen TDs, two interceptions in the last uh, four home games this year. A man is on, man. I. I'm not saying this game is going to be like the Bears game or even like the Falcons game, but I think I think the, the, the Bucs win double digits. I think, and one of the reasons why I think they win by double digits is because the Giants are going to move the football. They're going to get drives. Their issue is Graham Gano is like their MVP, dude. <laughs> all G- in the red zone Graham, Graham Gano is probably going to kick about three field goals because when they get in the red zone they're inefficient they're not productive and you know they may have four or five drives Trey where they had an opportunity to get touchdowns and that's about being able to move the football but also being a bad football team when it comes to being able to score touchdowns seven instead of three which leads to losses and they've had them just like that they've done enough to lose games not win games and that's why they're a bad football team but on monday night back to them against the bucks bucks are going to put up probably high 20s 30 points and the giants will have about again four or five drives where they potentially could have scored touchdowns but they'll end up kicking three field goals and probably score about 17 points now you can move on to your playoff contention and want to tell me about the Philadelphia Eagles who still have a shot at making the playoffs. I mean, they're four and six, one, game back, of the Car- one game back of the Carolina Panthers. But my bigger question is, we saw Cam Newton get a decent amount of playing time. They beat the Arizona Cardinals last week. And obviously, Arizona did not have DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray. But this is the Arizona team that was coming off of a – win the week before cam newton will start this weekend against the washington football team he clearly provided a spark for that football team last week both you and i said that we weren't that confident that he was going to be a huge upgrade for them right now they're back at five and five the team that we thought were looking good the atlanta falcons uh lose last night in a horrible loss they couldn't get anything going on offense Cordero Patterson is not healthy who has been a huge go for them this season and you talked about those other teams that you don't have a ton of confidence in you got a four and five San Francisco team you got a four and six Philadelphia team a four and five Minnesota team that plays Green Bay this weekend that are competing with Carolina are we more confident than we were last week when we were talking about this Cam Newton signing as uh, uh, that he can lead them to, to the playoffs and, you know, really be a redemption story in 2021. No, no, I'm not more confident just because of what he did on Sunday. He, I mean, he had a handful of plays and I know the first few times he touched the football, he, he accounted for touchdowns, but I mean, we're talking about, inside the 10-yard line and, and converting. Good that they converted touchdowns. That's great. But that wouldn't make me feel like he can go out there and play 60 plays and lead your offense to being productive. 
Now, would I want to see him? I like the story. I told, I said last week, I like the story in regards to him going back to Carolina where he won an MVP and led a team to the Super Bowl in 2015. And, you know, basically been a part of that city and that's been home for him for the last nine or 10 years. But liking his story and thinking that it's, it's, uh, it's going to end in the, in the storybook, storybook finish there's two different things. I don't think it's going to end in the storybook finish. I don't think that he is the same player as he was even last year. You know, he's what's the storybook finish is making the playoffs. The storybook finish. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise it doesn't mean it. Otherwise it doesn't mean anything. So, so right now, right now, new Orleans is five and four Carolina's five and five. They hold the six and seven t- seeds in the NFC. Minnesota, four and five. San Francisco, four and five. Philadelphia, four and six. You can stop the San Fran. So it's saying, so it's, who are you, who do you think get those last two wild cards in the I would would have more faith in San Francisco than than Carolina. Even though San Francisco lost to that same Arizona team with the same injuries the week prior. They also just beat up on the Rams too. They did. They did. Like, every facet of the game so and i know i know san francisco has had issues playing at home at levi stadium in the last two years but the last home game they played they dismantled the rams which by the way brings me back to your boy matt stafford (laughs) again i'm not telling you he can't do it in the playoffs i just need to see it and he hasn't shown us yet that he can do it in the playoffs and every game Every big game he's played so far in the regular season with the Rams, with the exception of the Bucks game, he hasn't looked very good. Ooh, bad picks. Bad picks against the Niners. Bad picks against the Titans. Primetime games. Primetime games. All right, let's talk about this weekend, and that'll kind of segue. I said I was going to eat some crow. Right now, the Patriots are in playoff position after beating that Atlanta team that that over the past couple weeks, both of us talked about how we thought they could possibly be a playoff team. The Patriots are a playoff team right now. Am I that confident that they are going to stay in playoff positioning? Go ahead. They they have double down. Double down. They have the first wild. Double down. Five wins. Double down. Go ahead. They're seven and four. Hanging on. Hanging on. Dude, the AFC, the AFC. If they didn't, if the they AFC didn't have already hold, but they have so many teams. You got right now. You've got twelve teams that are five hundred or better in the AFC. So that playoff picture is is tight right now. And you've got, and that'll bring me into talking about games this weekend that are super important for that playoff picture. One particularly, the Bengals. Heading out to Vegas to face the Raiders. Who do, you have fi- more fa- who do you have more faith in? You have more faith in uh-huh. what, what the Bengals going on have going on and what the Raiders have going on than Bill Belichick in New England. I'm not say, saying say what you want. Say what you so, want about New England. Say what you want about Mac Jones and how he's you know check down guy and all those things. You know what they do? They don't beat themselves, dude. All those other teams you, you can you can scrape up and talk about from the Bengals to the Raiders and, and everyone else in the AFC, with the exception of the Titans and maybe the Ravens. You know what they, you know what they do? They beat themselves, dude. They and again, the AFC as it is, yeah, you can talk about the, the middle of the pack and all the 500 teams. By the end of the year, the Patriots won't be in the middle of the pack. Because they don't beat themselves. So here's my so here's my thing about the playoff picture. The Bengals or the Raiders, whichever one of those teams wins that game, I think ha- has a chance. To me, even though it's only going to drop them to 500, to me, this is the point. This is the point in the season. Both of those teams looked very good. And both of those teams, I believe, at, after, after a week this season, had the number one seed in the AFC. And both of them have kind of started to fall off the cliff. One of them has to write the ship on Sunday, and one of them is still going to have playoff hopes. Okay, one, but that's this week. So what about next week with the team? Okay, let's say the Bengals write. Hold on, let's say the Bengals write the ship this week. Hmm? What about next week? So what I'm telling you is 
the winner of this team still has a shot. I'm telling you that the loser of that game on Sunday, I'm ready to write off. Okay. For a playoff contention. See, but here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing, though. Here's another thing in regards to all these teams that you want to bring up, even in the NFC. Dude, you got to be consistent. Like, that's the issue. That's the issue. These teams can't put two good weeks together. The Patriots That's- are starting to show consistency. Oh, no, 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 no. Get off the Patriots. Don't no, even no, no. bring them up. I was just going to, I was going no, no, to no, say no, no, who's no, 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 consistent no, no. I'm at talking about your team. I'm talking about, no, 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 no. I'm talking about your teams that you want to bring up. I want to, I'm talking about the teams that you bring up in the NFC and in the AFC. I'm not I'm talking not about the confident in any of those. Teams. Okay, I'm just saying they're is, in contention. Still. I know, but my point in telling you that they're not in contention is the fact that again they're bad football teams and they were inconsistent. The Patriots have been the same team all year long. They lost, yeah, they lost games to Dallas and they lost games to Tampa. Mac Jones has not been the same guy. Mac Jones is playing is playing is playing a lot better. That's a big part of why they're why they're on this little streak right now. He's still been consistent when regards to taking care of the football and not throwing the sevens. He might be throwing downfield a lot, a little more in the last couple of games, but he's still the same dude from week, from week one. Again, they've been consistent. Don't bring them up when I talk about consistent teams. I'm talking about the inconsistent teams that you bring up in regards to they potentially could make the playoffs or, or, the Cincinnati Bengals went on Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about the Bengals. No, because next week, you know what the Bengals are going to do? Do what they did like they did before. They'll go out. They'll beat the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium, beat the Ravens up and down the football field, and then turn around and throw up a stinker against the Jets. That's inconsistent, dude. I don't trust those teams. And that's why I'm telling you, you can bring up all those teams you want to bring up. All those teams, those teams are bad football teams that are inconsistent, that don't do the things that win football games. And that's why they're not going to make the playoffs. But you think San Francisco is going to make the playoffs? And See, they- and that's the thing. Like, for me, like, you give me the lesser – I have to pick somebody. You bring up all – That's what I'm saying. All of these teams are inconsistent. That's why it's a cra- – who's, no who's consistent at all in the AFC, period? Even the I top teams. You. I just told but you the Titans the t- and the Patriots. But the Titans lost to the freaking Jets. That's one of the oh, Titans that's losses. That's one, dude. That's one. That's one. That's seven and two, eight and two. That's one week. One week. Their are defense. You, wait, wait. Their defense you, has turned it around. Are you about to call? Or are you call? Like you're talking about the consistency of the Patriots. Like, are you? ahead of calling them a playoff contender? Are you calling them a contender to get out of the AFC to get Ooh, to the Patriots? Super Bowl? Yeah? No, not yet. Okay. I'm not going that okay. far, but I'm but I'm okay. they're gonna they're gonna win a division. They're gonna beat the Bills for that division? Well, you make it sound like they're 10 games back. I I they're I mean they're only I, what I, a half I, game I, back. I, or they're seven and four the Bills are six and three. So what's the what's the what's so What's so shocking about that statement? They got you, the same way. Even a couple, I know, but even a couple of weeks ago, you were still saying that the Bills would probably be your favorite to get out of the AFC. And they can't be consistent. You watch them, you watch them beat up on the Jets one week and then lose to the Jags the next. So who's your favorite to get out of the AFC? Right I don't now? have one. I really don't. Yeah. I don't have I don't have I don't have one. I don't trust Tennessee. Because I'm not trust- Derrick Henry, especially. Well, I'm sad. So Even though it looks like I'm saying, I don't come, trust Tennessee. Might come back. But, but I mean, you can talk about. Oh, you think the Patriots going to come out of the AFC? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if they did, because considering considering how Tennessee plays football on the offensive side right now, defensively they've shocked the heck out of me. They've played well. They've played extremely well. But again, offensively. I don't trust him offensively. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. And the other team is, is the Bills. And what about the defending, the two-time defending AFC champions? Stop it. Get out of here with them. They're, they're winning. The, they're, they're in the lead of the division. And that's the other game to watch on Sunday. Okay, Dallas. Dallas is, it'll be fun to watch it, Prescott against Kansas, Mahomes. If Kansas, City beat, if Kansas City beats Dallas, are you going to start to no. – uh, 
Why did they did they go out and start adding defensive players? I don't know, man. You said you don't have a favorite in the AFC. It's not going to be Kansas you, City. But you've been glowing about the Cowboys, dude. If they the beat same Kansas City, do you want me to back the same Kansas City team that played back to back games against the Giants and a, and a Aaron Rodgers list? Packers team. They won the games. <laughs> and, they, and they scored 33 points. <laughs> you crazy. I mean, they looked great. They looked great beating up on the, the, the Vegas Raiders. Great. Mahomes, four TDs, whatever he had. Fantastic. Again, I'll tell you over and over and over, wherever you want to start, whether it's week one or week 10, that defense can't stop running water, can't stop anyone. And when oh, it wow. comes to and when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the playoffs, they'll they'll find out. Hey, look, I'm sitting here thinking Buffalo could make the Super Bowl, and then uh, you know, week ten, I say inconsistent because they've been inconsistent this year. But you're the one a couple of weeks ago it, mentioned it, trust issues. Why can't I have trust issues? No, you no, no, you can. It's just amazing okay. to me. It's just amazing to me that you said the pay, that you're that you're still completely riding off Kansas City because of how the AFC looks because there is not a clear contending team in the AFC. That's why I'm shocked that you're still that you had still completely written them off. You want to because know I've started to come around on the Patriots possibly making the playoffs. Do I still think that they do? I'm not sure. Teams. Yes, I know. I know. I know, but I'm just talking about we had strong stances on both is what okay. I'm saying. And my stance is never going to change until the Chiefs figure out to add defensive players through the draft or free agency. And that's not going to happen with the next six weeks before the playoffs. That's what my stance is about. You can talk about the Patriots and how they may or may not win you over, but I mean, they play defense. They take care of the football. They have a quarterback that's playing at a high level. I mean, can you say those things about the can you say those things about the Chiefs? Heck no. That's why <laughs> that's why I feel how I feel about the Chiefs and you shouldn't feel that way about the Patriots. Make the prediction right now. Four touchdowns, Chiefs beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Ooh. Oh, you talking about oh, not by four touchdowns. Mahomes going to have four Mahomes for Mahomes four touchdowns. Chiefs beat the Cowboys on That's Sunday. the only way they're going to win by him throwing, oh. by him, by him putting up 30 plus points a game. And based on Lynn's reaction, when we come back next week and I ask him if he's buying the Chiefs yet, the answer will still be the same. And I will tell you again, did they acquire players defensively through free agency or the draft? Because the same, if, if well, they, they plan on sending out, wasn't, the draft wasn't on Thanksgiving. Thank you. And as, and as long as they keep sending out the same 11 on Sundays defensively, they're not winning. They're not even the best team in the AFC West. Still the Chargers. And, and, and you know what? By default, because they got issues too. You talk about not being able to stop anybody. Those three teams at all, put those three teams together. You might get one defense. Put the Raiders together with the Chargers, with the Chiefs. You might get one defense. Hell, heck, you might even get one defensive line because you put Bozo on one side and put Chris Clark and uh, Frank Big Clark game and for Chris the- Jones and maybe, I don't know. Those, I mean, ugh, ugh. Big game for the Chargers on Sunday night as well against a Steelers team who is – uh, back in playoff contingent, even though they just tied a winless football team last. Well, who's, okay, but who's playing quarterback? Uh, who's playing quarterback for? It's still Steelers? possible. It's possible that Ben's back on Sunday. Okay, because if he's not, because <laughs> if he's not, <laughs> I mean, it's almost the. It'll be. It's almost the Christmas season. You're not a believer in Rudolph. Yeah, you mean the guy that that, that led his team to a sixteen to sixteen tie on on Sunday. Stop. I was just I was just going off the the pun. Maybe he'll guide the Steelers sleigh into into the playoffs. Week. But yeah, week. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. We'll be back next week to talk about those results. We'll be back to talk about what the Bucks do uh, against the Giants on Monday Night Football, and then we'll preview next week's action: the Bucks against the Colts. 
which if the Colts can get things going, they're another team that's still in playoff contention in AFC, in the AFC, one of those 12 teams that are at five and five and Lynn's doing a wishy-washy thing, but you talk Not about a wishy-washy that. thing, kind of like, mm, am I buying the Colts? Am I not buying the Colts? They at least play a little defense and they, they got do. an old line and they run the heck out of the football. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, man. That's I'll a, give, that's, a that's a, that's a dark They have horse, some of the aspects. They have, man. they definitely have some of the aspects that you need in my eyes to win football games, but they're another team that's inconsistent. Very inconsistent, especially at the quarterback position in Carson Wentz. We will be back to preview the Bucks playing Colts team that is in need of big wins next week. Until then, you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience, and you can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. As always, check out BucksNation.com. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.